0: All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the two uh, Ugly for TV podcast, the vodcast version. Uh, It's my friend Barrett Antar, Goodwood musician. Hi, Barrett. Hey, how are you, sir? I am well. I am Nathan Timmel, comedian. Barrett and I have known each other forever, and we talk, and we record these conversations, and we've discovered that uh, very few people find them interesting. So, (laughs) take that. (laughs) Actually, I,
1: got a, I just got a text from a friend who saw the one we did about music and wants to have a nice conversation with me, and I thought that was really nice, so I'm going to give him a call on my drive to Jersey today.
0: Tell him to come on. I, talk to him about, we need more guests, and we do have a guest uh, today to bring in. Uh, I have good news yeah. and bad news. We, the good news is we have a guest. Okay. Um, the the neutral news is, you know how I always talk about my dumb high school friends? <laughs> oh Yes. Uh Okay, so the, the neutral news is he is an old uh, member of my high school. The bad news is is he's not one of my dumb friends. He's one of my self-aware dumb friends. Like, I'm dumb, but I know I'm dumb, so that right. makes okay. And when I make fun of my dumb friends, they're just idiots that think, well, I have a small penis, and I vote for Trump, so that should be cool. Like, I shouldn't have to think about things. Whereas I have a small penis and go, damn, I have a small penis. Maybe I should try and... Work on my oral skills or something to improve, and and he's more like that. He's more like dumb, but okay. aware that he's dumb. So that's why I like okay. it along. Uh, I'll bring All him right. in in a second. I wanted to talk to you for a quick second. Um, yes. Going off what we talked about last week, uh, um, the the path of being um, a, an artist, a musician, a, a comedian, and missing out on gigging during the pandemic. Told mm-hmm. you I gig. Uh, we are recording today as Black Friday. Happy Black Friday, Black person! Is, is it a celebration of your culture? Is that what we're doing?
1: Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay, February wasn't enough, so we wanted to take a day after Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> a sort of th- thumb in the eye of uh, Indigenous people here.
1: Not only I think today's actually Indigenous Peoples Day. I
0: think no, yesterday's supposed to be there. That's good. Exactly. They're trying to turn Columbus Day, and rightfully so, into Indigenous Peoples right. Day because yeah. Columbus was a fuck up. But anyway, so uh, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, I had a gig the day before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I, I had the greatest compliment after the show. First of all, it was it was a really fun show. It was a I don't want to say panicked show because I never panicked, but mm-hmm. it was. I was remembering every joke right before I was telling it. Mm-hmm. I would, I would mm-hmm. joke and go, and in my head, just like having a good time saying, wow, they're laughing. I'm having fun. But in my head going, what the fuck am I going to say next? I can't remember my act. <laughs> it is like riding a bicycle. You, you don't forget you remember, yes. but it, there was no flow. Like my stories usually have a flow. And instead it was, all right, I'm going to talk about topic A. Da-da-da-da. Oh, now, oh shit, I can't remember what B is. Well, let's talk about topic P. Oh, now I remember F. Let's go back and, and, and the audience doesn't know that I'm all over the place. I do. Right. But anyway, after the show, I had a guy come up to me, a grandfather. He must have been in his 70s. He and his wife and said uh, he really enjoyed my show. And the compliment he paid me was, I think, something you and I talked about. He said you said on stage a lot of thoughts I have in my head. Mm -hmm. I heard you say things I have thought, and I thought that was really neat, and I appreciated that. And I told him, I said, thank you. That was really nice to hear because that's why I do this. I've I've learned over a few years that I don't have original thoughts. Nobody really does. Mm -hmm. They're original to me. But then when I put them out to the world, what I'm trying to do is – find connecting thoughts make a connection and Mm -hmm. who else has and it was it was neat to make that connection with this guy
1: yeah that's really cool i mean i think that yeah i think that's great and i think that's ultimately what we said i think that at least for me the art that i gravitate to most particularly comedians and lyrics to songs and books, right? Like written things, I guess, it's always, it's generally something that resonates with something in my head. And what I yeah. really like is when somebody puts, they take in a concept that I have that I've kind of scratched the surface on and they go much deeper into which gives me new language, to a new understanding of these things that I already know. I think that's kind of the point of art in a way, you know what I mean? Not always, sometimes it's just for good fun. But yeah, that's good shit, man. That's really yeah. cool. Well, so maybe the me- gig was yeah. good. You had a good time.
0: I did. I had a great time. Um, yeah. and, and I didn't feel unsafe at all. Everyone, in, it was in a theater, and I'm a club comic. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was. There were probably 80 or so people in a space designed for maybe 500. Oh, and so. <laughs> That made you know the the whole upper balcony was closed, but the the it, it, people spaced out and but it didn't feel empty, you know, like it it felt good mm-hmm. and everyone wore a mask. And all I could think of was the two hairstylists in Texas that exposed 140 people to coronavirus, but nobody got sick because both the stylist and the customer was wearing masks. so I feel safer on masks, and I was at least 11 feet deep from the front row, like the the stage. Mm-hmm ended at uh, six or seven feet in on the stage so i had to say six or seven feet back automatically Mm -hmm. and it was it was just great and then
1: that's great man that's really fantastic
0: i I, the only problem was i i told uh, my friend mike who actually will be here in a moment uh he asked if i recorded, and i said yes but uh that's for me only because i'm not going to put out a recording I, i i recorded audio if i had done video i could put out like a bit But Mm -hmm. the overall audio is, uh, you know, like I said, scattershot. Mm -hmm. Did I have one thought while you were talking uh, talking about the art of giving? I I watched a reality program on Mm -hmm. VH1 called Bands on the Run. Mm -hmm. And there were two bands in the final doing a battle of the bands. One was called Flicker Stick and the other was called Soul Cracker. And one, the one, the, the band that won the contest, one of the two bands, always seemed about giving to the audience and the band that lost always seemed about taking like, yeah, dig me. Are you going to cheer? Come on. Woo. And you know, you see singers and bands do that and it works, but ultimately the band that won felt like they were giving and making a connection with the audience. And mm-hmm. I that. I thought it was pretty neat. And that's yeah. why I thought of when you were talking is the idea of art is for giving it's for yeah. sharing. So. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, it really is. All that's
0: right. Yeah. I, I hope to hear about your next gig if uh coronavirus. Yeah. I don't know who that is. yeah. yeah so All right, so let's bring in my friend, as I said. Uh this is uh yes. Mike Dalton is his name. Oh my mouth shut down. Mm-hmm. There And he went to high school where I went to high school. Hi Mike. Hi guys, thanks
2: for having me on the Riggs and Murtaugh podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost unfriended someone on Facebook the other day because uh, they were showing a uh, clip from the color purple, which I have never seen. And it was a very violent clip. And I said, wait a second. Did something happen that I'm not catching or is Murtaugh just an asshole in this movie? And the person said, OK, I had to Google Murtaugh. You're talking about, you know, Glover. And I'm like, ah, you don't have to Google Murtaugh if Glover if, if, you know, is on the screen and I'm saying Murtaugh. That's who that is. I'm sorry, but. I well, I mean, it's you are not.
1: Wolfie Goldberg isn't Murtaugh.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, True, but you yeah, she wasn't on screen at the moment.
1: No. Okay. So you've well, never I, seen the color purple?
0: No. I'm glad I could derail this right away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well done, sir. Thanks. Appreciate it's it. It's
0: very easy to derail us.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. It's. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're
0: simple that way. So let's oh, jump sorry. in right away. Uh, Mike, yeah. you and I went to a small town high school in Wisconsin uh, in a town called Oconomowoc. And I have not been back there in since, well, uh, right after graduation. I mean, two decades. Well, so minimum.
2: Technically, technically, you had that gig at Olympia. So right. That- I was going
0: to say, I drove to the outskirts, sort of what used to be the outskirts of town, but now it was built up all around it. And I thought about driving through town like memory lane, but then I went, no, fuck it. I don't. I want to drive off the interstate to my gig and back to the interstate and out of there. So I didn't <laughs> really visit anything. Um, when we went there, it was, is it still considered a small town? Because it's built up. Uh, big. I building. don't know.
2: It's it's still It's still relatively small. I mean, the population has gone up a little bit, but, and there's a lot of, a lot of, wide expansion, like out and around, but I don't know. It's not much different other than um, they've knocked down a bunch of buildings and put up a lot of giant, ugly condominiums.
0: Hmm. Well, it was, uh, when whenever there's an election, you, you hear, actually, you didn't really hear it this time. I just realized that in 2020, you did not hear small town values. You heard it every other election, but this time you didn't. And coming from a small town, I always translated that into, we got ours. If you're different, stay out. No gays, no blacks, no, no Hispanics, no minor- it, it was That's what I equated small town values with because that's what I grew up with is people that felt and thought that way. You, do you still live in Oconomowoc proper or how close do you live to Oconomowoc? I, I am
2: right at the Southern edge of the city limit. So, so I, I mean, I, could, I can
0: walk and be out of the city. Okay. But how much has changed since I have been gone? Is it still isolated? Has it expanded? Has it uh, people grown up at all?
2: Um, yes and no. I mean, it's still pretty much the same as as it was before. Um, I, I think there's a few more people who have, I don't want to say wised up, but it maybe expanded their views a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still pretty much the
0: same. I mean... It's sort of, and and tell me if I'm wrong here, um, I guess a bedroom community, more for Waukesha and Milwaukee. It's it's sort of not smack dab in the middle between Madison and Milwaukee. It's closer to Milwaukee. So it was a bedroom community. People would live in Oconomowoc so they wouldn't have to live around the undesirables in the city. They would go in, work in Milwaukee or Waukesha, and then hightail it out to Oconomowoc. It was part of the white flight of the 70s when um, white people left the cities. Yep. Okay, so that's where that mentality came from. Right. So let's talk about you then. What have you, were you, did you ever consider yourself or would you have ever considered yourself looking back someone that was, like I moved to Walk already having experienced the world around outside me. So when I got there, I'm like, wow, these motherfuckers are really close minded and racist and pretty awful. Did you grow up with that mindset and then shift or early on, did you think there's something wrong with the way these people look at the world? Um
2: <clears throat> A little bit of, a, a little bit of both. I grew up outside of the, the actual city out in the, out the sticks, um, like out in farm country. So I, I, you know, when I was young, a lot of time was spent alone reading books, using my imagination, whatever. Um, and I had some, I don't. I don't want to call my parents liberal, but they were. My mom was a music teacher, and my dad was a farmer, so it was.
0: If you know. don't call them liberal, could you call them Mitt Romney Republican as opposed to Trump Republican?
2: Um, I kind of. I kind of feel like I, I kind of.
0: Clinton I Democrat know, as opposed were, to a the Democrat.
2: I yeah they yeah I just remember they were they were um, big fans of uh, JFK not so much with anybody after that uh, <laughs> for whatever reason I mean you know they didn't they didn't like Nixon they didn't like they didn't really care for uh, Gerald Ford Jimmy Carter they you know they kind of mocked him and and Reagan my my dad kind of lost his shit he's like is that the guy that used to act with the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so you know it's, it's not like they weren't serious about politics but you know they're they're just like man we, we just we just can't get anybody decent in there right, right? so but I mean as far as small town values and growing up a lot of what you were saying that just gets hammered india and and for a while you know I bought into some of that nonsense so,
0: then what do you think, I don't wanna say converted you, but what opened your eyes? What, what uh, allowed you to change? Because, and I'll, I'll use this as a, in 2016, a survey showed that the average Trump voter never moved beyond 50 miles from where they were born. So what you just said is that shit gets hammered into you and then you never go experience the outside world or see differences or other cultures, And so you, and that's what I find with most of the people I refer to as my dumb high school friends. They just live this very simple blinders on life. And when we talk about anything other than politics, we get along fine. It's just that when we talk politics, and this is kind of funny and i'll say this as a swinging dick i tend to hammer them into place and then they go away for a little while and then come back with a new approach like they'll they'll say something wrong i'll show them how it's wrong so instead of trying to defend it they'll just disappear and then a week later they'll say aha what about this and it's like okay that's wrong also but they never change they never grow right
2: right i would i would say um up until maybe I don't know what, 2005, I I wouldn't, I I would, I was, I was leaning more towards the right than the left, but it, I I don't know what changed for me other than a, a, a run of real bad luck. I mean, like with work and whatever else, where suddenly it was just like, Oh, Hey, this American dream bullshit I'm being sold is bullshit. You know? And then I, you know, start asking questions and talking to, different people and doing whatever. And that's, I think kind of where I started change my mind a little bit. Like, uh, I, I I can remember thinking to myself, well, I'll get back to that. I think, because I just, I would, I would talk to certain individuals and I would ask them questions. I'm like, why do you believe what you believe? I think Nathan, you were one of them. And, and, you know, you took some time to sit down and explain, well, here's why. Um, And I had a couple friends like that, and and I'm like, okay, uh, my old way of thinking isn't really serving me very well. I'll at least look into this. And the more I did it, the more I'm like, uh uh-huh, okay, I get it now. Um, And I don't think a lot of, I I can only speak for myself, but I I think a lot of people that were similar, and maybe still are, just... um, when it comes to something like politics, because this is what I used to do, I would listen to the blurbs, and, and it's even worse now. It's just all sound bites all the time. But I would listen to stuff like that and think I had a grasp on what was going on, and and you don't. I mean, you can't. You know, you actually have to look into stuff and in, in different sources and whatever else. And you know, I, I think people around here their research is
1: <laughs> 10 minutes
2: of listening to some kind of asinine bullshit and being like, yeah, I, yeah, that's it. But, you know, I would dive into stuff headlong. And and even if it was uncomfortable, I'd be like, well, I'm going to power through this just to see where this other person's coming from. And and eventually, you know, practice makes perfect. So well, I, I think that's I mean, how okay. I manage to kind of, well, I actually swayed pretty far the other way into the left side for a while, and then I've kind of come back down and I don't I don't I don't claim allegiance to either side now. So
1: but what know. do you think it was that that gave you like you know I'll say I've been in lots of small towns, played gigs in lots of small towns, and when I talk to white people like one of Nathan's friends who's a comedian, like white people, and when when I have conversations about race and things like that with some of my white friends, they always go, listen, man, I understand how racist white people are. You should hear the kind of things that they say when black people aren't around, right? Like, and I hear these stories all the time from white people telling me horrible things that other white people say about people who aren't white, right? And... I go, but that's never my experience because they're never going to come up to me and go, hey, man, I got a good nigger joke for you. He he. Right. Like, that's, that's never happened to me. Well, it, I don't say it never happens, no, it hasn't happened. Never. It hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> it has happened, but not in a while. Right. But here's the funny thing. I find that my experience in small towns has always been good. Right, like in every like, I hear all these horrible stories about all these racist people with their Trump flags, and I see the flags, and I see all the stuff, and all that stuff. Right, but when I have a conversation with people, my experiences—I have—I have have to say that I experienced more racism in Boston than I did in small towns all around the country. Do you know what I mean? Like like all we'll play gigs and I'll be in a small town and people come up and they're very nice to us and they offer us places to stay. And I'm like, Can you let four strange black dudes sleep in your house because you're cause you like the band? I was like, what is wrong with these folks? Like I for years thought white people were crazy because they would let strange band members sleep in their house. I was like, I would never do that. No matter how much I like the band, I'm not inviting a bunch of strange dudes to crash in my crib at all. And we, you know, I mean, I've toured in bands and that was like the norm. And I was like, wow, this is so strange. And I wonder, that being said, like, what is it about you and your experience that allowed you to be able to see that there was something wrong. Like you said, there was like some economic downturns and l- l- work and things like that. But like lots of people experienced the same thing you did and kind of doubled down on their lunacy. Or not lunacy, they doubled down on their belief system. Why, what do you think made it so you didn't do that?
0: Let me interrupt quick before Mike answers and say that that's mm-hmm. absolutely true. Um, again, studying elections, they've, they've come out with the study of this most recent 2020 election, And areas that were hit hardest economically and by COVID in rural areas increased support for Trump. It's like they actively said, wow, the guy in charge fucked me in the economy and let the coronavirus run riot across the country. Better vote for him again. It was the places that were more economically well-off and more educated and not so hit by COVID or that, that got it under control. The cities that that mandated masks and said stay inside, those were the places that went for Biden. But the, so it is, like you said, people, places double down, people double down on, on it's, it's like saying, okay, I've got uh, 20 showing at the blackjack table, hit me. You know? <laughs> We've got 21 showing and you're like, all right, another card. And you're like... Are what? you sure on that? But.
2: <laughs> I am. Um, I honestly, I don't. I, I, Again, I can only speak for me. And uh, just what helped me change my views on things was just getting out into the world. And I, I credit the U.S. Postal Service. Um, I drove for them for 20-some years. And I mean you you get to see all different kinds of humanity inside the US Postal Service. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. it just it 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 makes everyone's life easier if you go in there and try not to be an asshole to everyone. <laughs> and so you know it, it just um it, it, and then there's a there is I was thinking about this because I figured this question was gonna come up. Um Another thing that got me to kind of, and this this really isn't about politics, but more about um, our our different skin tones. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I actually developed some pretty strong friendships with guys who have a little bit more melatonin than I do, or whatever the melanin melanin, not melatonin. Melatonin makes you go to sleep.
0: People that were sleepier than you, you develop friendship.
2: <laughs> I don't like those. See, fuckers,
1: there is a there's a great black joke in there about like the itis, right? <laughs> it's, anyway, it's 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 black jokes for black people. I'm just thinking of <laughs> narcolepsy.
0: That's the joke I'm thinking of. Um <laughs> anyway.
1: Continue. Anyway,
2: uh it, it sounds it sounds silly but two guys I can think of in particular that I and this is going to sound so dumb and ignorant on my part as it should, but two guys in particular, one of them is really into comic books and I was like a comic, book. black kids like comic books. Wow! And then uh, don't full screen. Me like that's horrible. Um, but, but the other guy, I'm just you know, playing around. Was, there you go. Nice and <laughs> Reverse Oreo.
0: Actually, let me interrupt you quickly. Um, I think Barrett, have you and I talked about this? I I think we have. I am a very stupid person. But sometimes I am smarter than everyone and it pisses me off. When the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man came out, it was a huge success. And everybody said, we didn't see this coming. How is this so big? Comic book movies never make this, at least not Spider-Man, Batman, sure. And I remember saying at the time, it's because he wears a mask. A black kid looks at Superman and he sees a white guy. An Asian kid looks at Batman, he sees a white face. Any kid can look at Spider Man and say, that's me. And that's really? why I shit. And no one ever talked about that. So when you say you met mm-hmm. a, a black dude that liked comics, it's about fantasy. Everything about fantasy is being as relatable as possible. And so, yeah, that black kid is fantasy, right? Do you,
1: do you guys watch The
0: Mandalorian? I oh, love it. it. I watched the first season and I went, eh, that's enough. I don't need to watch that again.
1: It's kung fu. It's, it's, Shane walking,
0: you know, it's we've seen it all before, but one of the things was I, I remember reading saying, Oh, the Mandalorians coming, they spent several hundred million dollars. It's like a and I would watch it and go what in this costs millions of dollars? You, yeah. you've got, you're you got walking across a desert. I mean, you built a little... I, 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 I thought yeah, it was fun. Good. But I, I, I watched the first season. I'm like, I, I won't watch season two. It's fine.
1: Well, here. I mean, I remember when I first saw that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's a raceless hero. Yeah. And he you see his face at different points and things, but like all in all, it's true. Well, I, I actually... Yeah. I actually noticed that that like oh this would be appealing to everybody because you don't see what he looks like so everybody could imagine that they're that they are him and so every guy right is right like, we get into the inherent gender dynamics and stuff right every man could say oh that I could be that guy right but uh so but yeah that that is an interesting point anyway continue with what you were saying like about your, oh, your the,
2: the other thing was um and this is, this is kind of really was an eye opener for me because, I mean, just everything I'd been I'd learned in town here about you know, you
0: guys. Um,
2: <laughs> it, I was having a conversation
0: with- as in we've heard this about them and so we spread these rumors as opposed to, <laughs> right, right. Um, but I was talking to a a,
2: a a really close friend of mine and he's like he was telling me about when he was growing up. And, you know, he was a latchkey kid and I go home and, you know, and you had to be quiet. And I'm like, Holy Christ. He had the same exact life as me pretty much. He's just a little darker than I am. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, yeah. it's things like that. And, and it, it's just like, man, everything I've learned has been wrong. And then, you know, yeah. so then you try to go the other way and then you learn that some of that's wrong too. And I kind of develop a little bit, but, I think I think the problem here, or at least what I suffered from, was uh, too much trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, you, mm-hmm. you go to work, you got to buy a house, you got to buy a car, you got to buy a boat, you got to do this, you got to do that, and there's no real time to sit and think about anything. And and I didn't mm-hmm. until I was more or less forced into doing that. You know, I, I didn't have a job and it, I, I, I can't spend all my time online with porn. Um, I mean, hey, you yeah. can try.
0: Yeah. I did. Mean, oh, oh, I
2: did. I did.
0: <laughs> um, maybe you can't keep uh, uh, doing something to yourself to porn. You can keep watching it. I no, mean, you...
2: mm, nah, I, I can't. I mean, well, at first, you know, at first, when, you know, internet porn was accessible, sure, why not? But now it's like, man you got to do something really twisted to even get a notice <laughs> out of
0: me a little bit I like, really i find myself just I watching the same things with different people just different women like i i've never ventured down the path of crazy <laughs> to me it's just like oh well, let's just watch the same thing yeah that 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 fills me that's sufficient and and maybe it's because barrett and i had a conversation a while ago where uh, Barrett, I don't know if you remember this. You said you were watching you, – you noticed that you had started watching, like, chubby girl porn, and then chubby girls were turning you on because you're like, you can condition yourself to like whatever you want. I'm like, well, I don't need to go down a path of crazy because I don't <laughs> want to get stuck where I can't release if I haven't, you know – scratch that itch so i'm just going to stick to the vanilla because that's you know
1: <laughs> train yourself to like it plain and ordinary <laughs>
0: yeah i would train myself to be satisfied with <laughs> with just the the not bare minimum but you know just just nothing funny. <laughs>
1: you're funny
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i suppose that works <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I've oh, had plenty of experiences yeah. with that. But all right, no, what were
0: you going to say? <laughs> i going back to something Mike said about uh, expanding horizons. I, I discovered something sad about, um, and I know it's his fault, a, a wife of one, uh, someone. Uh, because I we, we were out to dinner, and this is years ago, years ago. And I don't remember how it happened. But I remember being stunned because I, I, I said something along the lines of, wait you don't treat Glenn Beck like a clown? You actually listen to him? I'm like, are you kidding me? And we have this conversation where I was sort of fascinated, like studying a scientific experiment. You, you, you I found an idiot in the wild and brought him in, and he's going to talk to me about how people that spew nonsense are, are believable. So his wife then, over the course of this past year, she would post these idiot stories, and she's a beautiful woman. I love her. She's a nice woman. Um, post these stories from Fox, and occasionally I'd message her on the side because I, I people don't understand this about me, but I really do know when and when not to start a public fight. Uh, people think that I just say whatever I want on Facebook, and it's like, no, I would not go onto her profile and shit start. But after uh, when she would post something that's complete bullshit, I would point it out to her. And over the course of this past year, I noticed, and this was just really. Depressing to me, she went from posting Fox to what is it called? One America News Network, OAN, o- o- the the one that's not news. I mean, people talk about Fox being biased, and that's fine, but One America News is not factual. It is one hundred percent propaganda and bullshit. And I just, I, I would see it and like, why are you doing this? Why are you going? So there's the difference between Mike and expanding horizons and, and getting new information and people who so desperately want to hold on to what they want to believe instead of the truth. And it happens on the left, too. I've, I'm not sure I can't off the top of my head. Think of the, the bullshit news like like United Democrats or when they, they post propaganda, too. But the right really caters to the you are absolutely correct in your anger. Hold on to it. and. It's, it's just sad to watch that happen, and it happens in these areas more than anywhere else, I believe.
1: Yeah, I have a – hold on one second. I'm sorry. I have to do something really quick. Um...
0: Mike, jump in. Okay.
1: Sure. Okay. All right. There we go. I just had to – respond to something really quick that was I that
0: I be big or make one of the Black big
2: Friday you should make Antar the big screen.
1: Um all right so here's what I think. Whoa, that's crazy. Um <laughs> here's what I think. I think that one of the things that people kind of don't see about Trump is what he does in sense of absolving white people of any kind of guilt or shame or anything that they feel about anything that they have done or could do or would do. I don't really believe that shame is a functional tool to teach anybody anything like I really don't I don't think shame or anger or fear or any of those things are valid teachers for anything you know other than children obviously but <laughs> I, but, like, but like but no like like I don't think that those are valid things, but what I do think is, a healthy amount of self-reflection. Like when people say things like, you want us to tear down these statues and you want us to do this and, well, I didn't own any slaves and I didn't. it's like, well, that's true. But that, and while one doesn't have to feel guilt or shame for something that you personally have nothing to do with, I do believe that there has to be an honest reckoning with what was done instead of just saying, no, you guys are all wrong for thinking this or believing this. Like if I watch, if if one out of every 10 videos I see is some black dude getting his head blown off by a cop or getting his ass whooped or something like that, that does color my experience, right? <laughs> like one of my friends got pulled over and uh, the cop was like, he had his hands on the wheel, 10 and 2, and he said to the cop, he said, uh, do you mind i'm going to go reach over into my glove compartment to get my stuff do you mind and the guy's like the cops like are you serious and my friend went are you serious why? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course i'm serious like why wouldn't i be serious because now listen we can argue right
0: right for a second that's yeah. kind of on your friend because uh, i've got, <laughs> gotten pulled over twice in the past 3 years my both times it was running a stop sign and the <laughs> instant the the lights went on beside behind me I am a white guy, and the first right. thing to do is I pull over, dome light on, wallet on the dashboard. And oh I yeah,
1: say, that's exactly what I do too. Yeah, there's no waiting. Yeah, 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 I'm not. I know. Know. I'm not reaching for shit. Yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. But yeah. like, the funny thing is that the cop didn't understand, and this is what I find interesting, right? Because what I would rather, if people want to counter my views on race or gender or whatever. I would rather instead of telling me that I'm stupid, that I'm an idiot, that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, and here's all these statistics to prove this and blah, 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 I wish people could understand that, let's say all the statistics are right and I'm totally wrong. The fact that people can't understand why I think the way I think, given what I see on a regular basis on the news, be it biased or not. I find that hard to believe, that they don't understand why I believe the things I believe. Now, if we take that to what you guys are saying about this, uh, the, the Trump network and all this other stuff, it's like, well, I have this thought that I, I, it's not an original thought. Somebody said it the other day, and it really clarified some things for me. I was don't it know. If, was it what?
0: Was it Weirdly Yankovic? Did he say it? It was,
1: actually. He did. He said, eat it. And that really did that clarify a lot for me. Um, I, but, but they they said you know when the left runs around and calls all Trump supporters racist and stuff, it's not really true. What? Because what's interesting is like you're talking about a small town where you live, right? But if everybody watches the same TV shows. And everybody listens to the same new radio networks, and the Republicans or the conservatives are buying up small-town radios and not changing the the, the logo or anything, just yeah. slowly infiltrating their feed into it. So it seems like They're you're a new local news community news. radio. Not yeah, like, but it, yeah, it's it's not community radio anymore. It's conservative-run no. community radio, right? But like, if you're like, let's say you work at the post office, right? and you're a Trump supporter. And you go in and your boss is a Trump supporter. He's a cool guy, right? And you go to get your hair cut and the barber is talking about how he's Republican. And these are all regular people. It's not like it doesn't just come from the news. It comes from your daily interactions with regular people who are all also normal people who believe these things because they're all getting fed that. Because that's what I'll say about the Republicans. in general. The conservative party speaks specifically to white people, whereas the liberal party speaks to everybody else. And so there's huge fractures within the right and within the left because everyone's like, "It's my turn now. It's my turn." It's like everybody's passing around the oppression ball. Like it's my turn now. I want to be the one who says that I've had the worst, and I, you know. And it's like, okay, well, we can't just do that, but. I do think that there's something to be said for people not being bad people, just being misled. Right? Like I don't know this network you're talking about. The what
0: is it? One American network. Yeah, OAN, I think I it is. I don't
1: know anything about this, but that kind of stuff to me, to me, that's the problem. Right? I yeah. think the problem is that we have a lot of people who are tailoring an argument and justifying the way people feel on one side and the same thing on the other side. Because if I'm sitting around watching cops beat people and somebody sent me something the other day, of the Proud Boys rioting in D.C., and I'm like, well, that didn't look like a riot. It looked like there was Antifa here and Proud Boys here and they were fighting. That's what it looked like. It looked like a gang war, (laughs) like a gang fight between two gangs. That's what it looked like to me. (laughs)
0: But not just uh, targeting the rights get to target white people, but they're just, maybe it's because they have such a laser-like focus that they're so good at messaging, where Mm -hmm. you and I have talked about this, Democrats are horrible at messaging. I mean, they say defund the police, and that scares all the white people, and as you said, a lot of black people. And it's just the the fraction of the left that wants that. And you and I talked about uh, Bill Maher's new rules the other week. And he said things you and I have have verbalized between one another where uh, Trump won, not won the majority, but won over more Latino voters in 2020 than he did in 2016. And they asked a Latino uh, representative in the Democrats, like, how do we win you back? And he goes, "Okay, first of all, stop saying Latinx. That's some dumb bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's it's messaging because I hear Latinx and I think, what the fuck is this now? And yeah. again, I want to use whatever's proper because I don't care. It's not like I'm going to stick to, God damn it, you're colored because that's what we call you as colored people, you know, like, or whatever. I'll use whatever is, is appropriate, but don't change it for the sake of changing it. Change it because it was wrong, not because Latino was offensive. Latino was never yeah. offensive. Uh, yeah. The idea that you're being more inclusive is a bit, um, word I can't say. It begins with R. Retreaded?
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> As a retread
0: tire. You should just buy a new tire.
1: Yeah, that's what one of my friends called, one of my, my cousin called Biden retread. <laughs> that's what she said. He's just retread. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say, here's what my, we always get to this point whenever we talk about race and all this stuff. My feeling is that if I look at people like you, Mike, and I see what you, well, you're like, well, here's what happened. I met some people. Basically, what happened, right? You met some folks, and you went, "Oh, all these things, like the whatever racism you had was purely theoretical, because black people are really only 13% of the population, and white people are like 70%, and black people pretty much live in in coastal areas <laughs> and places down south. Why right? we live in big cities, like you know, like things like that. And in the middle of Milwaukee, when I was there, when I was out for your wedding, Nate, there's no There's no black people there. Like I didn't see any black people. There are
0: black people when you visited me in
1: Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I saw black people in Milwaukee. When I came to Iowa, I was like, "Yeah, there's no black people out here." And so, there's no experience with anybody black. So all, so your only real reference for black people is media, Hmm. right? It's the news, the music, and movies. And if you watch movies, even the liberal movies are somehow just covered in just stereotypes. And so what What you did is had a real experience with real people and went, oh, this kid likes comic books, holy shit, so do I. And you guys could sit and geek out over shit that, that you wouldn't think you would because you've never seen a black dude on TV with a comic book collection. But almost every black person I know yeah. has a comic book collection of some sort you know what I mean or fantasy books or anything like that you know what I mean it's really interesting Let's yeah, you and that.
0: This might sound odd but I think I can't remember if I said this at the beginning or if this is something I said to you before we started recording but what you just said is how I yeah I was talking okay yeah I think it was before I recording I might have told Mike I have a Republican, idiot friends that I talk about. And I call them my friends who voted for Trump. And yeah, we get along great when we're not talking politics. If we talk football or about our kids or about, it is like, we do have more in common than we have apart. It's just that when we focus on this narrow, and here's the part that, that we, we don't get along, we focus on the narrow. And the, and the one thing that, that I think gets lost in the argument is everybody does want what's best overall. It's just that we have these wild differences and ideas on what is best and facts prove some of them true and some of them false. And, mm-hmm. and I find it interesting and sometimes sad when people want to tout their ideas as best when they have been proven factually untrue.
2: Yeah. I,
0: economics, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like trade wars are easy. We're gonna win a trade war. Oops, we, we the you know.
1: But I think it's what you said about people who you'll you'll prove something they say wrong, and then they'll come back the next week, and then they'll have a new argument for you. Right. It's, but I think it's because I, an
0: argument about a new subject. They don't right. approach the same subject because they were proven wrong on that subject. Right. So they just but, go sideways.
1: I mean, I think that this, I think we have to start looking at this less as politics and more like religion, you yeah. know, because politics yeah. used to be politics, right? Like I have plenty of friends growing up who were like, well, not only I, I were they Democrats, Republicans, most of the time I didn't even know, Yeah. Like I had no clue what people's allegiances were, nor did I care because it didn't actually matter in the context of my relationship with them. Like, I didn't give a shit if my boss was a Republican and voted for whoever. He's still a cool cat and he paid me fairly, and I did my work with my coworkers, and I'd be on gigs with people or whatever, and I didn't really care. I mean, if I saw a big rebel flag or something, that might, I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting thing.
0: But like, that, my wife talked about that, that advertising you just met with her. route. My wife uh, took note. She said, you know what? I like living in a neighborhood where we have zero political signs. Yeah, and I've never wanted one on my lawn because I don't want to advertise who it doesn't define me how I'm voting, you know. Where
1: where I live now in Philly, everywhere it's Mount Airy. Uh so it's not the city, it's like the suburb city, like it, it's like it's like Princeton if that means anything to people
0: in New Jersey. Right? Yeah, I, I know where Princeton is, but that's New Jersey, not Philly. Right. So you can me for yeah, a second.
1: But, but, but it looks like, it, it reminds me of Princeton, or, you know, something like that. Not like okay. the city proper. But everywhere I go, like, I live on the Main Strip, but right behind me are just really nice houses and things like that, right? So... When I'm walking around, all I see are Biden-Harris, Black Lives Matter, Biden-Harris, Black Lives Matter, yeah. a love lived here, all this stuff. And at first, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I feel really, I feel like I live in a pretty liberal place. And then over time, I was like, is this just overkill? Like, do I need to see a little sign on every single person's lawn? Right? And then I'd see a bunch of Trump-Pence things and Blue Lives Matter I'm like, I feel like it just becomes conservative and liberal virtue signaling. Like that's what it is. Like everybody's saying, this is what I believe. I'm not these other people. These people are bad, I'm good, they're evil, I'm not. And I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody's running around and thinking they're the Jedi. And I think we're all just the empire. You know what I mean? As a nation, as individual groups, Like, everybody feels like they're the victims and they're the heroes of this story, but it's like in every story that I look at, be it mine or anyone else's, I'm like, yeah, but the victims can also be the victimizers at the same time, not always to the same people, right? Like, the people who are being victimized by one group have a difficult time victimizing that group that's victimized that's victimizing them. But that doesn't mean that they can't take that very same thing, that very same tactics and use them on somebody else and think it's completely justified. And I'm like, this is a real problem, right? Like, this whole, like, I like what you said about not having signs in your lawn. It's like, because fuck, man, like, we have to get past the point of seeing each other as white or black or men or women or Democrat, Republican, left, right? Like, we have to just be humans. At a certain standpoint, we have to see the humanity. And that's what you're talking about, Mike, when you're like, you're working and you're working with all these different people. It's like, oh, this guy's not like a guy on a TV screen who wears his pants like this or listens to this kind of music. He's a guy who grew up just like I did. He was a latchkey kid, and he came home, and he had to make fucking ramen noodles or whatever. (laughs) You know, he learned how to cook at a young age because nobody was home in the house, and he had chores to do, and he got yelled at if he didn't do them just like everybody else did because the parents were off work, and so somebody else had to do shit, and it's like you learn that everybody's just a fucking person, and that seems to make a massive difference in your ability to see people
2: in that way. You know what I mean? It's a, it, it makes a huge difference. I yeah. started,
0: I can't remember his name. I really can't, because I would love to give credit where credit is due. But there was a Southern open mic comic in Los Angeles that I saw. And he, had, he told, I thought, the best joke. Because he had an accent, which I can't do accents, so this is over the top. But he got on stage, and uh, he said, yeah, I got a Southern accent. I'm from the South. And people always think, oh, he's from the South. He must be racist. I'm like, look... Maybe I might have been when I was in the South, but now I live in Los Angeles. You can't be racist in Los Angeles. I mean, what do you do? Walk outside of your house like, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't even know what the fuck you are. I don't. (laughs) And the way he said that, I don't even know what the fuck you are, it was just great because he talked about you expand. You you moved to the city. And and I remember reading an article in the New York Times, which means it was hippie liberal bias bullshit. But it was about a uh, an Israeli or just Jewish uh, barber that worked in the same barber shop as a Palestinian barber, and they got along and they talked about how they had to. They said, "Look, we work here. We have these differences, but at the same time, the more I get to know this guy, the more I'm like, okay, what you said, Barrett. I can see where he's coming from, where his information." Uh, comes from, and now that we have to, if we don't work in this, if we don't learn to work in such close proximity, neither one of us gets paid, neither one of us uh, feeds our family, so it's either fight and go get a different job, or figure shit out, and that's what cities do, is they, they force us to figure shit out, and that's why small towns, isolated areas, or rural areas that tend to vote one way, they are demographically challenged and when you and your band buddies show up i think it's kind of cute like oh yeah stay in our house whatever they think it's good but they still they have that experience with you like oh you you play these songs they like all right you're all right but then they could they can connect with you on a personal level and still feel the overall yeah but that outside world is scary with its blacks and gays and and socialism and whatever so you have pierced that bubble in that moment it's a matter of putting as many holes in it as possible until it's a leaky waterbed, as opposed to, you know, as a sinking ship of bad ideas. Um, mm. Instead of one that's just, well, I'm mixing metaphors cause I'm spitballing here, but you know.
1: Well, but I mean, I wonder if here, here's the thing. When I was younger, I would hear people I say to me,
0: calling. you're not
1: like, <laughs> so, like, you're not like other black people I know. And I'd be like, what did you mean? They're like, well, you're just not like other black guys. You're not like this. You're a different kind of black person. You're an exception to the rule, right? So people would say that about me because of whatever. <clears throat> My mother was an English teacher and a speech pathologist. So, you know, <clears throat> I couldn't say ain't. I couldn't say ain't. I couldn't have double negatives in a sentence. <laughs> Wasn't allowed in my house. I could say fuck and shit like that in context. Like, oh, my dog. Did you the say dog ass. is at the What? Axe. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I do say that though when I go get, uh, you know, when I go to buy axe body spray at a black neighborhood, I say, can I have some Ask body spray? No. <laughs> 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 but, but so I find that. that um, when that was old, that was when I was younger. Now I find when I meet people, what they'll say is, wow, you people, aren't, you're not like what I thought you would be like. And so it's like, I feel like as much as we're more polarized now, when people meet me, they don't assume I'm an exception to the rule. They assume I'm more indicative of what more black people are like me. Whereas when I was younger, people would assume I was an exception to the rule, which I wasn't because most of the black folks I knew were like me. Most of us who grew up in suburbs or quasi-suburb areas and were latchkey kids and all that stuff, like, we're all, most of the people are like me, you know? And, but I do find that nowadays people are, like... They have an experience like what you're talking about, where you're working and you meet somebody who likes comic books and you don't assume he's an exception. You go, oh, here's something that I didn't know about this type of these type of people. <clears throat> I bet there are more people like him. Right. And that expands your worldview. But when I was younger, that's not actually what happened. They would meet someone like me and go, oh, you're just the exception. And well, do you guys find that to be true, or is that just my personal experience? I don't know. That could just be my personal experience. You know, Your, I
0: mean? uh, white people don't run into that because nobody. Yes. I, mean, <laughs> I,
2: I don't think I've ever been I, thought I, of as an exception to anything. One
0: yeah, <laughs> <also laughs> black person that said, "You ain't so bad for a white guy," but you know, it wasn't the Russian <laughs> thing. So, although I did, yeah. I did have an experience, um, Mike, I'll tell you. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and. Chat on the side. Um, I don't, I, well, I guess it didn't work. I wasn't posting on YouTube. I was trying to chat to you guys. Um, let's try it one more time. Oh, here we go. Chat privately with your guest. Um, this person went to uh, college. She was a couple of years behind us in high school, I think. And she ended up going to college where I went to college. And ended up moving into the same apartment building I did at one point, and we were talking, and I can't remember how it came up, but she talked about how black people hated white people, and she said she bumped into, or she she was hanging out at a bar and got to talking to a black guy who confirmed that for her, and he's like, you know, I don't really like white people, but you're okay, and she said, see, I knew it, black people don't like white people, and I, I'm trying to talk to saying, so you're basing your entire experience coming from a small town where there was one black guy, uh, and and you're having it with with a conversation you had with one black guy in Waukee. You have no experiences, but you're like, black people do not like white people. And it was just interesting that, I, I can't remember what you said that made me think of this story, but they're, oh, the reinforcement of uh, you ain't so bad for a white guy. But yeah, it, it, it i would never had that experience, so I thought it was interesting when she did, where she she said she she discovered this, that, yeah, black guy told me the, the secret, that nobody likes white people, and just, <laughs> I mean, you right? wrong, but what do I know? I'm not black.
1: Right? White folks don't even like white people, so really, yeah. I mean, when white people get shot by cops, nobody cares. White people don't give a shit when bad things happen to white folks. I don't care at all.
0: There, what did you say? Were there seventy seven percent as us or seventy percent? So right. you know, that's, something like
1: that. <laughs> that's funny. I mean when,
0: when one of the thirteen percent gets shot, you notice when, when one right. of the seventy percent gets shot, you know, there, there's another one waiting in line to take it. Mean, I
1: think I think the ultimate problem and again what do I know about about white people, but it seems to me that the real problem that that white people have, aside from just being white, right? Ha! No, I think what happens is that like-
0: I'll show no you my word, credit score, motherfucker. What is that? I'll show you my credit score, fucker.
1: That's why Mine's pretty good these days. Um, but, um, <sighs> but, you know, like, I feel like when white people come here from other nations, other places, they lose their identity and become white. Right? Like you fall under the umbrella of whiteness. So if you're Irish or you're from Romania or from any place, right, whatever place you're from, when you land here, you just become white. And it erases your culture. And then so whiteness has to be this thing that gives your life all this meaning because you're no longer Irish or German or Romania or whatever it is. You're white in this country because you just fall under that umbrella. and. That, I think, is really damaging, actually, because I don't think all white people are alike. I think that, like, a white person from California is very different from a white person from Germany, or not Germany, from from down south or someplace like that, probably heritage-wise, but also just culturally. They're just radically different people. And it seems that, like, and uh, this is an oversimplification of it, and so feel free to jump in, but, like, it seems like most of white culture has been turned into a parade a little bit, couple bits of food, and maybe some kind of music. Maybe, but not really. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're Irish, what does that really mean? How does your Irishness get expressed, other than maybe your kid's name is is Liam or something, right? But other than that, how are you any different from a German kid who just named his son something else? But, you know what I mean? Like, Like, there's no differentiation, even though all white people are radically different from each other. Culturally speaking, they're not all the same. They're lumped into one huge category. And I think that's a real problem. I, I can't really speak to it fully because I'm not a white guy, but because as a black person, I think most of the black people come from a certain part of Africa, right? Like Northern Africa, I believe, or Western. Don't quote me on this. But we come, not west, not Northern, that's up. So, but, like, where, where it would be, I feel like, like, if I talk to a Jamaican person or a person from Guyana or a person who's from Zambia or, or Nigeria who's not African-American, they don't see themselves as black. That's a uniquely American thing. This whole race thing is uniquely American. In other places, I'm not a black dude. I'm an American. And if, and if we all are hanging out together, we're three Americans. That's how they see us if we're in the middle of France somewhere, like this whole idea that like when people say like, um, I got into a conversation with somebody at a party and she was like, my daughter is married to a black guy and they live in Germany. And I'm like, where's he from? She's like, Senegal. I'm like, he's not black, he's Senegalese. Yeah. It's not the- and she goes, and my daughter is from here. The woman was white, her daughter's biracial. And she said, My daughter's out marching for Black Lives Matter, and her husband didn't want to go with her. He's black. Why do we want to come? Because like, he's not black. He's Senegalese. <laughs> like, he has, this doesn't mean it. the whole idea of Black Lives Matter doesn't mean anything to him. She goes, But he's black. And I'm like, He's not. He, in you know, an American sense, so when he lands here, yeah, he's a black guy. But everywhere else in the world, he's Senegalese. Right? And I'm like, There is something about the way we see race here that is divisive and confining in a weird way. Does that make sense? I'm not articulating it well, but you know what I mean? Like we Makes lumped sense. everybody into, two ca- into categories, you're black or you're white, and now you can be brown or yellow, right? But you, when we were growing up, it was black and white, It's only two kinds of people, black people and white people. And then, the, you know what I mean? And that yeah. was it, there was nobody else, right? And that's not really true because we have a huge amount of diversity within the black community to a degree and a huge amount of diversity in the white community to a degree, right? Even though we might all get treated the same, it's not really culturally true. Does that make sense? Again, I'm articulating it really badly. No, you don't, make
0: it sense uh, here? I don't have a response because you're making my head hurt. Because right? I'm... I'm <laughs> I, uh... <clears throat> I mean, the, the, this is cheap, and I apologize, but the only way I can re- the only thing I can relate it to is over the past four years, and I can't go past four years because I think it's a new phenomenon where I have at times, and I'm not bothered by it. I'm mildly annoyed, but it's also like, okay, if this is the cross I have to bear, oh, poor me. You know, the, this is the worst thing that I'm ever having to deal with as a white guy. Uh, but in the past four years, I have on occasion been defined as a white guy, therefore, Trump supporter, racist, whatever I've had, that, that hasn't happened often, but there have been a couple of people like, oh, you and your white privilege. I'm like, really? Me and my poor white trash upbringing that had no, okay, whatever. You know, like it, It's water off a duck's back, but it, it. I am now the enemy in a way. And, and I'm like, all right, well, if that's what I have to live with just by, you know, others have lived through worse. Their whole lives. So, if in the past four years I've been made out to be the enemy, yeah, not much I could do about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is interesting though, because like when when white people say, I hear white guys say this a lot, we're being persecuted, right? There's all this racism going on towards white people now, and I'm like, you know, they're not wrong, right? Like yeah. there is like. And this is, you and I have talked about this before, Nate, like, you know, you can't can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools, right? And if, like, if we've all learned this really shitty way of being with each other, we need new information because, like, and again, I could be misquoting this because I didn't see this, I heard this from people criticizing it. Like if AOC is running around saying we need to keep keep lists of people and show these people and when whatever, these people who were Republicans who didn't listen to us and stuff and we gotta come after them, I'm like, okay, that's not gonna solve anything. Now I didn't hear her say it. I don't know how she said it. I don't know the context. But if it was presented fairly in the way I heard it, that's a problem. Because we can't start putting armbands on Republicans and I'm like, that's okay. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> like we yeah. can't, you know what I mean? And we can't keep crucifying people for shit they did 25 years ago. That's not okay either. Do you know right. what I mean? Like we have to come to some point of like humanity, you know, and seeing each other. But I don't think we have the tools. Like it's like having a problem in your, like in my personal life, like before I got my finances together, which, Together as a loose word, right? But like, before you I sold the house, of-
0: house and had a bunch of money put in your hands.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but like, no, but, it, but even then, like, I've been getting my credit score straightened out because it was, I've made a mockery of my credit score. It was like, right. it was a joke. I was like, good Lord, this is fucking nonsense. But oh, I but couldn't. I, I
2: bet you I could kill you on that. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, but I couldn't figure it out. Like, I knew it was a problem. I knew I needed to do something about it. And everything I tried didn't work. Because I literally didn't have the tools, so like I had to go online, call up all my friends who had good scores and and new stuff. Not Nathan because he would just make fun of
0: me and make jokes about me on stage. But <laughs> I would have said, uh, "Really, selling crack and stealing hubcaps didn't improve your credit? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you gotta start start pimping. <laughs> That's how you make the real money, right? But you know, like I had to go get information." And then slowly apply it to my life. And over time, and I find that in a relationship or whatever, if we have these problems. But like clearly, in this country, we have race problems. Clearly, we have problems. Whether or not they're one side's fault or another side's fault or people are deluded or whatever, we clearly have problems. And we clearly don't have the tools necessary to solve them. Because everybody's just trying to beat each other with a bigger stick. right? It's like if the left is like, well... Slavery's okay now because we got the wicks. It's like, well, that's not okay
2: either, right? Like, it's, yeah. 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 I figured <laughs> <getting> the <laughs> <bigger> <laughs> would have been by the black guy's house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Some shit going on out there.
0: Um. Get the blinds. They'll uh, come after you.
1: Yeah. Hold on.
0: He did, after I say, don't look right. out the window. So I mean, you no, know,
1: that's cops. I thought it was fire, but it's cops and fire and an ambulance. But
0: well, that means it's like a heart attack or something. They yeah. always yeah.
1: It it's also it also looks like a bit of a motorcade. Yeah. But I don't know why they would be coming on this road. But but you know what I mean. Like I don't think we have the tools to solve it here. I really don't. Like I think we know. Like everybody's aware of the fact that there's a problem. It's like what you said earlier. Like. Everybody wants to make the country better and everybody wants to do the right thing, but we all have different ideas of what that is. But even within those ideas, I haven't seen anybody bring forth an idea to solve it that actually doesn't involve beating somebody else over the head or negating somebody else's experience. But I haven't seen a single thing that has done that, you know?
0: You said beating someone over the head and I was going to wait. I have an idea. And then you said negating someone else's experience. I'm like, okay, I don't have an idea. (laughs) I I, I could solve everything right now, and we should start wrapping it up because we were over an hour, and people are going (laughs) to be like, okay, come on, fuckers. Um, But (laughs) here's my plan for the future. Ready, everyone? Mm -hmm. Let the fuck go. Moving on. (laughs) No matter what it was, let it go. Today's today. Move forward. Here we go. That was yesterday. I mean, (sighs) there... I mean that's as some therapists say that, and I'm not trying to negate anyone's experience. But I think I said it once before, which is, um, instead of punishing for the past, acknowledge the past and then move forward. So it's 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 still moving forward, but we we keep getting wrapped up in yeah you but you but you but okay now you and like you said now you must suffer or now it's your turn to suffer. How about acknowledge and move forward? Acknowledge and move. Yeah. forward.
1: <clears throat> I mean, I, I think that the acknowledge, acknowledgement will be, I mean, it's we need like some kind of truth and reconciliation thing here in this country. But I think what what it also comes down to is the idea of fault versus responsibility, right? Like, <clears throat> let's say, you know, something happens to you and it's not your fault, right? Like, let's say you, might you lose your job, right? It's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Say you showed up on time, you did your stuff, you're a good employee, and you lose your job, right? Okay. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to do something about it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, regardless of whether or not it's your fault, and if you hold anger against the boss, the company, the corporation, whoever, and you sit home and stew and get mad and yell and scream and write angry emails all day, that's not going to solve your money problems, even if you're right. Like, even if you're correct that it was unfair and shouldn't have happened and they, whatever, they're a bunch of assholes, it doesn't change the fact that your bank account is slowly diminishing. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the problem that we have in this country is that we always, like, we're taught that people should pay. I see it all the time when I'm watching TV shows or little sitcoms or whatever it is, and it's like somebody does something. I watch the fights that couples have or families have or people have with their their coworkers and stuff in these TV shows, and I'm like, that's just not real life but we've like we've turned what looked like fiction into our lives like you when you watch fiction you have to like suspend belief for however whatever movie or TV show you're watching you just have to suspend it temporarily and fill in the holes and just overlook these holes and assume that this whatever for the sake of the plot this hole is going to stay here but we've done so much of that that it leaks into our lives we like, we overlook these massive holes where our sense of responsibility could fix these holes, even if we're not the ones who put them there. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's a place where all people could be, right, like white people aren't responsible for, like modern white people are not responsible for the enslavement of Africans in this country, right? They're just not. But if white people dealt with the stuff that they knew was racism. Like there's some things that are clearly racist. That I think would kill everybody to go, okay, cool. And if black people would deal with the things that we know are our issues in our community that have nothing to do with racism and just deal with them. I think the problem is that most people just don't give a shit, like really just don't give a shit.
0: It's easier to point fingers than it is to take responsibility.
2: It well, is self, self but self reflection is 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 really hard for a great amount of people. I mean, for everyone, I agree <laughs> on, for everyone, yeah, it, 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 sure. it, it takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot of practice. I mean, I was yeah. thinking about this when when you were talking, Barrett. Uh, I went from being in high school to being like, God, oh, I can't stand learning anymore. I'll be so happy when I'm out of here. And I don't have to learn another goddamn thing in my life. To, <laughs> to probably a decade and a half after that thinking, Oh my God, how, how could I possibly, possibly have been so wrong about so much shit? Right. You know, right. it's just, it, and, I right. mean, people, people don't want to admit they're wrong and and yeah. that's, that's comfortable in an echo chamber. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem saying I'm wrong. I, I yeah. like, Oh, okay. But, but it took a lot of self-reflection and a lot of, you yeah. know, uh, uh, okay, I'm wrong. You know? Yeah. And and it shocks people when I, you know, some people, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong about that. They're like, you just admitted you were wrong? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> no. <a> big deal.
1: <laughs> it diffuses an argument. Somebody wants to argue with you. You go, oh, sorry, my bad. I'm sorry. What do I need to do to make this right? They're like, what? Like, they don't even know how to handle it because they're so sort of geared up for a fight or something. Like, it's hilarious. That's true. I think seeing ourselves objectively, is arguably the hardest thing that we can do. And if we don't trust anybody, like we're taught not to trust anybody and we can't see ourselves objectively, that puts us in a pretty shitty position. You know what I mean? Like we can't, like, who do you trust, right? So yeah, interesting shit, man.
0: I think it's a a good way to close this by sort of saying that's a good statement is, is the more objectively you can see yourself and the more you're willing to admit you are wrong, I mean, and, but not wrong for the sake of wrong. We, I could go down another path with something. And-
1: misinformed. Mis- yeah. You know, you're you, some, if some things aren't wrong, they just yeah. need to, the thoughts need to be evolved. Yeah. That's all. Like when you said, you got out of high school, you didn't want to learn anything. It's like, well, your thoughts might not have been wrong in high school. In high school, they might have been appropriate. But in the real world, you can't live by high school rules. Do right. so you know what I mean? Like your thoughts mm-hmm. have to evolve. Even if they don't change, they have to evolve. With, the, with your age and your social situation. You know? Yeah, it's interesting shit. Nah. Yeah.
0: Well, my, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll do it in this order because uh, I know that I can say, hey, everybody, AntarGoodwin.com, and mm-hmm. because he is the musical director mm-hmm. of the Katie Henry Band, Katie Henry Visit mm-hmm. those sites. I can mm-hmm. also say, I am at NathanTimmel.com and you can find me on YouTube. You can find my albums on Spotify and Apple Music. You can stream them. You can find my books on Amazon. And here we go. Mike, years ago, you used to keep a blog. Do you promote anything these days? Do you have you written? I used to ha- I I stopped. I feel not guilty, but I used to hammer it. you like, hey, when are you going to be writing again? And- I
2: I I am I am trying to write. Um I had a little, some neck surgery a while back and my fingers don't work like they used to. So the typing is slow and painful more than the thinking about what I'm going to write. It actually hurts more to. So this is this is
0: Barrett's uh, and your personal responsibility. I have the new updated Microsoft Word and holy shit, the dictate function is better than speech to text. You sit really? down in front wow, of your wow, computer and, like talk. Cool. And fucking Microsoft Word puts it into place for you. Do you have a website I can throw up or anything? Or
2: um, yeah, I will shoot you the the address. But I am a, I have a. I'm trying to do a video podcast of my own that I'm kind of retooling because I'm not happy with what it looked like. But it's the Road Scholar video podcast on YouTube, and I'll get mm-hmm. you a link to
0: throw up there. Okay, I'll put it back up. I'll, I'll throw up when you were speaking a second ago. So all right. Yeah. Nice. Nice to
2: meet all you, Mike. Right. Nice to we meet should. you, too.
0: Is it? Do I call you
2: Barrett or Antar or Goodwin or Hey either, You? Or? Either is fine, you know. I think um, we
0: mentioned that once is everyone calls him Antar but me yeah. and my sister because he said, oh, I'm Barrett Antar Goodwin, and I just went with the first name, mm-hmm. and then I met all yeah. his friends, and they call him Antar. I'm like, well, you know, I've I, mean, ar- when
1: I When I got to college, they put your name on your door so you know which one yeah. is yours, and my first name is Barrett and my middle name is Antar. And so people sort of call me Barrett, and I was like, oh, let me give it a shot. Let me just see how this. I've I've been Antar for eighteen years. Let me try this Barrett thing for a half a second. And I tried it out. I was like, yeah, it's cool. So everybody who knows me from college in Boston calls me Barrett, and everybody else calls me Antar, except for my sister. She's uh,
2: that's kind of funny because um <laughs> my my good friend that I used to work with, uh, he was introduced to me as Anthony. So mm-hmm. he's been Anthony Anthony to me for forever, and I still call him Anthony. He's like. Yeah, you're the only one who calls me that, <laughs> uh, Tony. But I don't care. Keep
0: calling me Anthony. It's fine. All
1: right? Yeah, my yeah, has
0: called me Nate several times. I, you know, yeah. Very yeah. few people call me that. But what are you going to do? I, sure. I'm now like, Well, it's uh, the the way I look at it. As long as no one ever says Nathaniel, that's where I'll start to have an issue. Like, oh, all <laughs> right, Nathaniel's I'm not even true. on the birth certificate. All right. It, it, uh, good pod right now anybody's like wait a second why are we fucking talking about their names but we can continue this off air bye everyone yeah thanks for having me guys
1: yeah Uh, thanks for being here that's fun